today on The Breakdown. It's one of them online hands where everyone goes crazy, not really, and chips go flying, I mean, sometimes, and there's crazy bluffs. I mean, yeah, there's a bluff here, I guess. Yeah, sure. And big hands might be laid down, and there's a tough spot for someone. Obviously, that's going to be true. It's a freaking breakdown hand. There's always a tough spot for someone. Let me say this. There's four left in an EPT online event. There's $227,000 between fourth place and first place, and these two players are going to get into it. Man, someone's got a big hand, and someone's got a big plan to get a big fold. Let's look into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Perfect amount of time to wait between the breakdown and the names. I need really to go good. longer. Really, really, like, I don't think people realize how much of an art that is. You know what I'm Thank saying? You. It's, it's kind of like, like, people think things are easy, but they're not. Like, they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I could easily be an NBA commentator. I'd do better than Kevin Harlan, who's right. stupid three-point. No, that shit's hard, man. Just like Jonathan has to work for years. Years. And years. Years. To figure out the correct amount of time to wait between the breakdown and the names. And it's not the same every time it's based on the cadence, the rhythm, the barometric pressure, pressure, the humidity. It's, it's based on all sorts of things. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. There's some serious analytics into this shit. It's not only a science. It's also an art. <laughs> yeah. People are like, Oh yeah, I could be an astronaut. I could be a quarterback in the NFL. I could be a, Brain surgeon? Guess what, guys? It's not. You can't just walk in and do that. you got to study and learn. It's like yeah, that. You, like, oh, astronaut. Actually, that's pretty easy. You just go and sit sit in a little capsule, and they yeah. shoot you into Press space, and you're like, whoop do doo Look at me. Don't, I'm in space now. Don't they basically tell you what to do anyway? They're like, uh, Mr. Astronaut, uh, <laughs> we're going to need you to uh, press the red button and then press the blue button, you know? And you're like, okay, Houston, <laughs> yeah, got it. Like, I can do that's that. basically it. That's Just the, press the button. You have to do. I have no respect for Buzz Aldrin or any astronaut. I think it's about time we finally really had a real talk about this. Astronauts are overrated. Being an astronaut <laughs> is sure you have to be in relatively good physical shape. Fine, but beyond so so do you. You also have to do that to play. You know, high school basketball. Like congratulations. You know who, you know who I have more respect for than astronauts. <laughs> Who? The best oil rig drilling team in Texas. That's yeah, who. yeah. It's easy to be a fucking astronaut, but you have to fucking work hard and learn your head to be an oil rig drilling guy, especially on the best team. There's a there's a camaraderie, you know. Yeah. There's a there's an there's an element of timing and teamwork. It's powerful. I'd rather teach oil rig drilling guys to be astronauts than astronauts to be oil rig drilling guys. Actors, you know would, actors would rather play astronauts than almost any other occupation because it's so easy to be a fucking astronaut, and everyone <laughs> knows it. For those who don't know, I'm not making fun of oil rig drilling guys. This is an Armageddon <laughs> reference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously, yeah. we're not really making fun of astronauts either. It just seems... No. I, but I do not respect them. No. <laughs> to be clear. But that has nothing to do with their craft. Like, no. It's actually very impressive what they do, but it's just yeah. like... Because of what they did when they were kids. Well, also, look, maybe have a little more ambition. 
Oh, I went in, I went for a ride. Like, congratulations. You got in a you got, I got on a bus once in a while in my life too. I went for a ride too. Nobody cares, okay? Like, maybe write something. Write something powerful. Write a novel. Write a short story. Write a freaking poem that moves me. How about that? Yeah. Give Jonathan Levy a gun and put Robert Frost and an astronaut in front of him. He shoots the astronaut 500 times before he even looks at Robert Frost. I'll tell you what. I'll go one step further. You give me a live astronaut and a currently dead Robert Frost, I'll still shoot the astronaut. (laughs) Because you take the path less traveled? Is that why? The bullet is taking the path less traveled, I'll tell you what. (laughs) The road less traveled? What is that, Robert Frost? Yeah, yeah, it's the road less traveled. I. And that has made all the difference. That's the that's the two ro- two roads diverged in the woods. You know that whole thing. He talks I'm glad about we how, cleared that up. Yeah, I'm glad we finally got that <laughs> off our chests. <laughs> I will say, I hope we're not going to lose too much of our astronaut demographic. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> how many other podcasts go on and on about how lame and unimpressive astronauts are, but then don't bring up like how fake it must be and like fake moon landing? No, no, no. I absolutely believe the moon landing is real. I just think anyone could have yeah. done it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Put Robert Frost in his current state in that capsule. We'd still achieve that. I mean, let me ask you this. Honestly, they sent a monkey into space, right? Just a straight monkey by himself, and it was fine. I like, put a monkey in front of a typewriter. Fuck that. Put a monkey in front of an oven. That can't do shit. It can't make me a fucking omelet. Like, they literally sent an ape into space and it was fine. I mean, how am I supposed to be like, oh, yeah, you did a great job, John Glenn. Well done. A monkey also did that. <laughs> what, I, what I've derived from this conversation is that you think you cook omelets in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I'm just talking about cooking in general. That I was putting thinking uh, in front of the stove, the monkey in front of the stove. I mean, there's the monkey could probably cook some things, but as soon as you get into baking or slightly more complex complex uh, dishes, I think they're going to be lost. Quite frankly, uh, and you, oh, and if you if you give that monkey access to any sort of seasoning, you are going to be over seasoned. <laughs> it's just going to be doused in cinnamon, whatever you're eating. <laughs> you're like, whoa, what is that? I mean. That this croquemus store was looking pretty good, monkey, <laughs> but the cinnamon is a little, a little too much cinnamon for me. I got to be honest, and uh, not good enough, and a little bit too much monkey, monkey shit in there too. <laughs> Still better great. than the astronauts' croquemus store. <laughs> oh yeah, the astronauts' croquemus store is like made of metal and shit. They're like, oh, what if I press a button with the croquemus? Yeah. I put some mayonnaise on that, so. Uh... No one. I, don't know I didn't have anyone thing. in. I needed a guy on ground control to tell me how to cook. The only thing I've ever eaten is tang and dehydrated beef from 1974. Yeah, I know like, how to cook that. Know. A doy. This is a popular take. People, people love this take that, that astronauts are shitty. Next week, next week we tell you why firefighters suck. <laughs> <laughs> We just want to, we're just, you know, we're just crowd pleasers. We're just pandering Woo. to the crowd. Woo. Give them what they want. Oh, man. This is, I said before we started that I was going to go ballistic on this podcast. Great, but I thought it was just because of the hand. I didn't realize that uh, I was going to be putting my crosshairs on, uh, I, admittedly, one of the easier demographics to attack. The astronaut demographic, yeah. but still. Like, why is it called the right stuff? Because they finally drew a right angle after like 700 attempts. Yeah, congratulations. Also, stuff. Stuff. Yeah. 
That's not very precise. You can think of a better word than stuff. You think Robert Frost would have used the noun stuff? If he did, there would have been a comma somewhere in there. I'll tell you what. A well-placed comma. Yeah. Yeah. Or two. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I feel like we've we've really done a good job with this opening. I'm very pleased with it. See, this is the kind of opening where some people are like, they have to like write that or something, right? They have to like plan that ahead of time. And other people are like, there's no way that it's got to just be like completely off the top of their heads. Like, cause that's some, who could have ever thought of that? Like, you know, just sitting down writing. Right. And the truth is, the truth is, well, we never plan anything and never would write anything. That's way too much work for us. <laughs> no, no, it's we always, know, we know the, the action. We know the action of the hand. We know the general gist of, of the advertisement we're going to say later. Other than that, we know nothing. Sometimes Grant knows how I feel about the hand because I will yell about something that someone did, which I did in this hand, actually. I started yeah, Jonathan screaming. Jonathan is really mad. He's yeah. really mad. I, I, I saw the hand before he did, and I predicted. I was like, you're going to hate this. You're and absolutely you right. going to hate this hand. I believe I yelled, what the fuck, multiple times when I <laughs> yeah. saw what happened, right? So, yeah. Let's see, if, let's see if you were right to. Because yeah. sometimes your, your initial hit can be, uh, can be wrong. Or Absolutely. at least be convinced, convinced otherwise by young Grant Dennison, the genius of the poker guys. Uh, <laughs> so. I am absolutely am open to being convinced by the genius of the poker guys, young Grant Dennison. Okay, good. Speaking of genius, Alex Trembath, genius mm. suggester. Yes. Hi, that guy, high IQ suggester. That guy would never be an astronaut because he wouldn't want to throw his life away. <laughs> NASA is begging him to go into space, but they like, don't really, they, they don't know how to use big enough words to convince him, you know, because yeah. they're astronaut people and he's Alex Trembath. He's like, he's I'm smart. thinking about just waiting tables for a little longer and seeing if something else breaks my way rather than being an astronaut. Sorry, NASA, you know? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Anyway, Alex did suggest his hand on Twitter. He did it at our Twitter address, which is the poker guys. We are at the number two poker guys. That is where you must suggest if you want to suggest a hand for the breakdown. Of course, he included a YouTube link and he timestamped it because he is a genius and he is elite. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this is an online EPT 1K buy-in. Relatively big field because first place is 357K. Pretty nice uh, 357 buy-ins you win there. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, the current payout with four remaining is 130K. Yeah. So just, just to fill that in a little bit, there were 26, 2,426 players in this field. So quite a large field. Yeah, even that's like uh, the size of the random World Series of Poker one Ks from back in the day before all of the one Ks were special in some way. Like um, it was just like the random fi- like fifteen hundreds, but yeah, but yeah, no. Also, the one Ks there used to just be non special one Ks, and now like it seems or, like all the one Ks and fifteen hundreds are special in some right. way. And, they pretty yeah. much found a way to give a name to all. They just name them really, and and add some tiny twist, and it's good enough. But it is good enough. It works. Of course, yeah. not this year. Well, yeah. By the way, just before we get into all this, have you heard about the main event controversy with the World Series of Poker? Because they're trying to do another World Series of Poker like in December or something, and they don't know which one to call the main event for real? No, and not that. They've named it the main event and are basically saying that's the main event. The thing that's weird is they already had a main event and named the guy who won the world champion, and he got a certificate saying that and all that stuff. It was... That was... 
the main event for 2020. It was the 51st annual whatever, and now yeah. they're doing it again and calling that the main event. And it's it's a little weird. And Daniel Grimey very strongly standing up and saying they were all they always said they were look they were hoping to do something more this year. They just were they just didn't know if they could. And they were going to delay as long as they could. And the fact they can is great. And we should do that. This is a 10K, no rebuy. That other one was a 5K with rebuys. It's not really the same thing, which I think is a fair response, quite frankly. Um, but it's a little strange to call something the main event of the World Series of Poker when we all, that has such intense legacy connotations and then have a guy win it and then sort of say, nope, never mind. This is the, this is the actual world champion afterward. That's a little weird. So is, this is... Are they trying to do a live in 2020? The, the current plan is to, uh, you do it and, online, but then the, last, the final table is in person in Vegas. Like, uh, oh, so they, could, so they, have, they can like easily control the situation because there's only nine players or yeah. ten players. I mean, it makes more sense. If you're going to have anything live, that would be the way to do it instead of like having the whole thing be live clearly, right? Like that's way yeah. safer. And you can do things. There are some weird stuff that could come up, by the way, doing it live at all, of course. Like, what if one of the live players the day before, you know, test positive for COVID, what happens? Is he disqualified or she disqualified? Do they wait? Do they have to wait two weeks? Like, there's all these weird situations. You're talking about in the actual setup, right? Yeah, like when they... Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're supposed to all play the final nine at a, you know, at a table together live. Right. The person tests positive for COVID... That person cannot be at that table. I would have to believe. There's no way that's going to be okay with the other players, right? That's got to be tricky. They're going to have to like, because a lot of them will be flying to Vegas for that, right? So yep. after getting on the plane, they should probably make them test once they they land. And then they have to like wait for those tests to come back. And you usually have to have two tests to get like truly clear. I mean, so it might be like a week. They might make that. They might force them to quarantine for like a week, week and a half, two weeks before they even play the final table. As a way to do it. But then, like, are a lot of players going to want to do that shit? Where they're going to be like, why even play this fucking 10K? Best case scenario, I have to go give up two weeks of my life to play, like, one, you know, one day's worth of poker. I mean, I've got a family. You would be fucking happy to do that if you were at the final table of the main event. That may be true for some people. And actually for a lot of poker pros. But a lot of people, a lot more um, normal people who would normally play the 10K main event would not want to do that. Like, for lots of reasons. You know, they, like, they can't. You know, they or they feel like they can't because of their family, their situation, especially in the days of the pandemic and COVID and all that stuff. They maybe they, you know, there's just like the money is nice for sure, but I don't think it's a free and automatic yes for something like that. If you have to give up two weeks of your life once in a while. I mean, if you know that going in, it's fine, but they should just be super clear about all that ahead of time. Is this just U.S. players only also? Because there's logistical hurdles. Like most most countries are not accepting people from the U.S. right now. So what happens if you fly in from freaking Romania? Do you, like, not get to fly back to Romania? I think most countries allow their country people to fly back, and they have, like, hardcore quarantine procedures. I think it's, um, I think it's uh, citizens are allowed to go back in in most countries. But these are legit questions, and that stuff may change, by the way. COVID is way worse right now than it's ever been. I don't think in a month it's going to be way better, or a month and a half it's going to be way, way better. I do not expect that based on how the world has handled this. So I think there's a lot of logistical problems, and I don't know if they're going to be able to pull this off now that we're talking about it. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of problems for sure. Yeah. But I said the same thing about the NBA bubble, and then I yep. said the same thing about the NFL, and the NFL's had a lot of COVID-positive players, but they've just trucked through it and n- with not much complaint from like official place people and stuff, which Absolutely. I would have expected. Yeah, they, so. they've, they've kept everything localized, even though they've had lots of pockets of issues. And the NBA had no issues. 
So right, the bubble. Apparently, the bubble system is fucking incredible, and actually, like the safest place to be in the world yeah. was the NBA bubble during the NBA bubble. Seemed pretty clear that it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I guess maybe maybe we just underestimate the ability of these organizations to truck through shit and just fucking do it anyway. Like, and they'll be able to pull it off. And enough poker players will be willing to do that that they certainly won't have a normal main event field. It's not going to be like a 7K yeah. player field. Maybe 1K player field. Something like that. I mean, it just can't be that big. There's just no way it can be that big. Like, yeah. I wouldn't I would I wouldn't have played it anyway. I don't think I don't think I'd want to play a 10K online no matter what. If it was a normal live main event, I would certainly... Sometimes I play it, sometimes I don't. Like, I would consider yeah. playing it this year. I don't know if I would have. Um, like, there's no chance I would play it in this situation. Like, like no. zero, beyond beyond zero percent chance that I wouldn't play it in this situation. Right, so. you're knocking off a lot of the people who might play it every year like you and I. Here's the other was... thing. You can, only, it can, you can only play the main event in this country probably in a few states, right? Like Nevada and New Jersey. And yeah. Like, yeah. like, I live in Washington... Online poker is illegal in Washington. Like, you can't play WSOP.com in Oregon. Like, these no. things aren't possible. So, that's weird, too. Any hoots and hollers. Anyway, let's talk about this online tournament that actually already happened. Yeah, the, let's uh, do that instead. Cool. This 1K EPT. Again, first place, 357K. Current payout, fourth place, 130K. And uh, we don't think the players are that notable in this hand. Right. We don't. We we couldn't really find much on them. Sorry to anybody who like knows every single online player who's ever played and, and expects <laughs> us to know like where they were born and their mother's maiden name. But we're not going to know that for these guys. It's um, a Luke Reeves situation all over again. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see that this was a big field considering the current blinds. One point five million, three million. So we've yeah. been playing for a long time. A lot of a lot of chips in this tournament. It's day four. Yeah. Wow. Day four of an online tournament. I That's know. Intense. It's like crazy. Yeah. So Don Johan is on the button. He's got 190 million. So quite a healthy stack. Over 60 bigs. Yeah. Uh, opens to 6.15 million with queen of clubs, jack of hearts. I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It's great play. Fine. All right, I think there's actually a decent amount to talk about preflop here because then we have okay. Drupa Lucker, uh, who has is the clear short stack in the tournament with 81 million. So, like 27 blinds, but definitely the short stack compared to everybody else. And he's got two aces in the big blind. The small blind is folded. Ace of spades, ace of hearts. We looked up Drupa Lucker a little bit. He has some live results, like 700k worth of live results. Seems to play a ton of tournaments though, right? Yes. So it's it's unclear if he's really good or not. Um, He's here. He's at this final table. Good for him. Yeah. And I actually, I kind of like the decision he makes here, preflop, which is to flat aces out of the big blind. Mm. Now, what do you think? I mean, it's so tempting to put in a raise when you're the short stack with aces. Yeah. Um, I understand the idea of flatting when you're under 30 blinds and you're up against good competition, especially in a button or cutoff versus big blind spot when you've got aces in the big blind because they're so wide. They're folding a lot. It's hard to get action. Good players are just going to throw their hand away a lot when you make this raise, specifically out of the big blind where you're so... You've got so much incentive just to call with, like, so many hands, right? Um, so, and that way I like it, especially we're short enough with 27 blinds that we can probably get all in if we want to, depending on how things go, of course. But, like... If, if, our, if our opponent decides to, like, put a lot of pressure on us, we might be able to just get all in pretty easily. Like, let's see, there's going to be four or five blinds in the pot. 
They bet two, we call. Now there's nine blinds in the pot. They bet five, we call. Now there's 19. Yeah, we can be all in on the river by, you know, by the end of the hand. So that's, that is another reason that where we can comfortably call here and not chase away their hand. Of course, we're taking a chance, but as the short stack, like we want to gamble a little bit more anyway. There is one other stack, by the way, that has like 31 blinds. So, you know, that's, it's close to us, but whatever. Are we really trying to, are we really trying to, you know, level up here? Like one, one spot, like it's, it is, it is a significant uh, ladder. It's, you know, $51,000, $52,000 more just to go up one ladder. But you know, like, don't we want first place? Of course we do. So I don't hate a call here at all. I think, I think a three bet is fine. Um, but I don't hate a call at all. Also, because a three bet to like seven blinds may look a little suspicious. Why aren't you just shoving? 27 blinds I mean, is looks... right around the place where people will shove, right? I mean, yeah, we have a stack size where whenever we three bet, it's basically saying like, I'm mostly willing to go all in with this preflop. It yeah. looks super strong. The button range is obviously going to be quite wide here. I think you probably don't get action often enough to justify a three bet. I think Thank it's you. better to flat because we're flatting with a lot of hands anyway, like you said right. earlier. I think that's true. At the same point, like if we can seven, if we can make it seven blinds with uh, this hand and a bunch of hands with just aces in them, it might be pretty good. That might be pretty effective because it looks strong either way. We actually can still yeah. fold when we haven't put in, you know, put in twenty seven percent of our stack or something like that. Um, obviously, we never fold aces, but we could fold like ace five or something like that. Yeah. If we think we're going to get like a tremendous amount of folds, then that's one way to balance all this stuff. But we could do that with kings also. We don't do it with aces if we want to like flat aces more. Should we be looking to check raise on most boards that aren't super scary? Like as long as it's not like a five, six, seven all diamond board, should we be looking to check raise with mm. these aces? I think we should be looking to check raise in spots where the boards are good for our range, worse for our opponent's range, um, have uh, reasonable draws that we can have. Like we need to have some obvious bluffing hands. Otherwise we might scare off our opponents. So like Jack 10, four, two diamonds is a fabulous board to check raise. I would say, right. Um, King, King three, maybe not super great to check race. <laughs> yeah. You know, hard, we, maybe we can get action from jacks or something like that, but like probably we should just, yeah, no, do it. that I think, seems like a bad idea. Yeah. I think the other obvious consideration of course is just what our opponent is, you know, who our opponent is and what they do. So if Don Johan here is, um, is the kind of guy who's going to triple barrel a lot, we should not be looking at check raise then either. But I think, I think we should be looking at check raise on a fair amount of boards. I'll say that. Yeah, I agree. Basically try to get it all in as early as we can in the hand. Sure. Uh, and we don't think that's a very strong likelihood preflop, which is why we don't do it here. So I, I like the flat. Yep. So we're heading to the, the old flop, 15.3 million in the pot. The flop is a good one for Drupal Lucker with his aces. It's the ace of clubs, deuce of spades, queen of hearts. Bing, so Don Johan has flop. He, are you doing a ding, ding noise? Yeah. Bing, 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 bing. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Don Johan has flopped something that might actually be bad for Drupalucker because it goes check, check. And I think right. it goes check, check only because Don Johan has the only type of hand that he's checking back here most of the time, a queen, right? Like feels like I mean, even if he had pocket fives, he might bet just for equity denial, but like a decent queen feels like the obvious check back hand. Like pocket Kings, any queen and maybe jacks and maybe tens are like the obvious check back range, right? In terms yeah. of your value check back range, you can have, you can have like, maybe, I guess you have to have some air here also that you're just going to check bold and maybe once in a while a really strong hand. But yes, a queen feels like the most obvious, most likely holding. I agree. Right. Because 
The thing about having aces and flatting out of the big blind is often you're going to get a C bet on boards like this, which is great. Obviously, you have the nuts. Um, just not from hands like this. Because I, I do like the check yeah. back with, with queen jack. I don't think you're accomplishing much by betting with queen jack on this board. You can get called by queen 10 and queen 9 and stuff, but like that's just Fuck not that. enough to justify it. Yeah, yeah. Just check back and bluff catch. It's cool. Hey, let me ask you a question. Let's say, uh, what's the dude's name? Drupalucker does bet. And we are Don Johan with our top set of aces. Are we still check raising here? What do no, you want to do? I don't think this is a board that we can do it because, yeah. like you said, uh, you made a good point that we want to do it on boards where we have a perceived range advantage also. Because if we do it on boards where we don't have a perceived range advantage, it's like, wow, you really must have it to be check raising at this point. Then most of the time, unless you're a super elite, like double leveling guy, which I don't think is happening in this, yeah. in this situation. We're also crushing the board in ways we don't want to be like if we had a set of deuces the check raise makes a lot more sense because now our opponent can have a lot more aces but we were holding two of the four aces and other ones on the board there's only one ace left in the deck anyway it's so much harder for our opponent to have that ace now so that's just we might, reason to check we off. might just not have any check raises on this board in this yeah. situation um i think that could be right i mean if we had four or five suited would we consider check raising with a backdoor flush draw I mean, we have to balance that with something if we're going to do yeah, that. I agree. I guess we, balance, we balance it with ace-deuce or something like that. I don't know. Ace-deuce or pocket-deuces, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Queen-deuce suited. Yeah. That seems, like, that seems about right. That probably does it. Okay. Yeah, but you can't Three, really four, check raise much. Five. No, I agree. It's mostly check-fold or check-call. Well, this time it's check-check, unfortunately. Okay. You know what is fortunate? The existence of nitrogen sports, Jonathan. It is manna from heaven, Jonathan. Manna from heaven. Tell them what, Say it again. what's manna from heaven, Jonathan. <laughs> yes. Manna from heaven. <laughs> you just, this just works for you? I mean, <laughs> are you going to keep saying it? Like, what are we doing? What's happening? Manna from heaven, Jonathan. <laughs> Children gather around. I'm going to tell you a story from when I was a boy 107 years ago tell in the land of Azendorf. <laughs> the great king of Azendorf, Raoul III, came to my village and he touched me on the head and he said, young boy, one day you will speak to the lands of the greatest thing in the world, which is my favorite thing, the greatest iterated value in poker. It is the poker guy's Monthly tournament on nitrogen. It won't exist for about 107 years. But by that point, I'll be long gone. But certainly my spirit will be playing it. Because spirits can use Bitcoin, for sure. For sure, spirits can use Bitcoin. So young child, tell them to use the link in the description of the Poker Guys. I believe it's called Podcast, is what they will call it. And when you use that link, you will gain access to this tournament, young child. Please, spread the word across the land. And so, <laughs> I have done that. I am here to spread the word. That is what I have said. Tell them about that's the tournament, some, please, Jonathan. I'm done now. That's some serious Nostradamus level shit right there, dude. He knows yeah. they're going to be called podcasts. Damn. Yeah. Uh, hey, I don't have a whole lot to add except to say, yes, it's a monthly tournament. It's fabulous. They guarantee a thousand buy-ins. There's only a capped at 300 players, of course. So there's always at least 700 buy-ins chunking out that prize pool. A little bonus for all you guys who want to play. It's cheap to play. You know, it costs like a, these days it's like $1.70, $1.75 worth of Bitcoin. But that means there's $1,750 guaranteed in that prize pool. 
they put in, you know, like an extra, somehow they put in 15, like whatever, $1,200 extra every time. We don't understand it either. It's great. They have cash. Uh, they do have cash games. They have tournaments. They also have casino games. They also have sports betting. It's spoken only like the King of Azeroth said. Uh, Asendorf. Asendorf said. Yes, that's what I said. Asendorf. And, um, and that's nice too. Get your money in quick. Get your money out super fast. 90 minutes. It's the whole deal. Do like the king be a legendary knight of Hasendorf. Do like the king. Get you that bling bling. Nitrogen nice. sports. Yeah. Oh, that's better. That's a better one. Thank you. You did Thank that you. very well. That was very good. Thank you. You're welcome. The Asendorf voice thing? Woo. I was transported. <laughs> I mean, Asendorf is a land of marvel, and someday I wish to return. Is it a real place? I mean, not a real place. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, it's actually in the, on the southern tip of Iceland. <laughs> I mean, there might be a place called Asendorf somewhere, but no, I mean, like, did you just invent that or had you like, is it like in fantasy literature or something or a movie or something? My mind believes that I invented it, but it's possible that I like took it from something in my subconscious that I'd heard before. The land of Asendorf. Gather around, children. Really? It was good. It was good. Manna from heaven, Jonathan. Manna from heaven. (laughs) The ads, you know, they never get normal. They, Not once will, are they normal. As long as the sponsor, which is Nitrogen, will allow us to be weird, we're going to be weird. Yeah. As we've said on the podcast before, we've had some other sponsors that want us to do like really word for word ads. And that's just a yeah. huge fucking mistake. It's just like you're just throwing away potential clientele, buddy. What are you doing? Don't do yep. that. Yep. Agreed on all fronts. Just stupid. <laughs> Let us talk about Asendorf, you yeah. fucking idiot. That, stupid that's fucking the- like... I'll sell your shoes if I can talk about Asendorf. Nobody's going to buy your goddamn sneakers if I have to say, like, the deal ends tomorrow. No, shut up. Yeah, I'm going to hit the skip 30-second button if it's a normal ad. If it's going to be a weird poker guy's joke thing, I'm in. If I'm listening to this podcast, I'm into that, too. I mean, I'm into that, like, first of all. <laughs> so I assume at least some of the listeners are, too. It's a clear win for everyone. Whatever. 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 We're going anyway, alone. Let's move on. Let's go, let's get ourselves closer to the part okay. where Jonathan gets really upset. Okay, All good. Right, so, ace of clubs, deuce of spades, queen of hearts goes check check. Set of aces against queen jack. Turn is the three of clubs. So, this doesn't change anything. Of course, four or five does get there. Yeah, uh, but really, uh, really doesn't frequently change anything. It is a second club as well. Drop a lucker with a set of aces is now like, well, I guess I should bet. Do you think you should bet, or do you think you should check and try to get a check raise in, or even a check call? I think I like betting here. Um, when we get the check back, we're usually up against a queen or something along those lines that is absolutely calling the turn. And it's going to hero the river sometimes anyway. I think a check raise is probably too strong most of the time, especially now that four or five came in. We've got a lot more four or fives than our opponent. Um, we can get two streets of value sometimes. Maybe we'll get lucky and our opponent will raise us. That would be exciting. Uh, but I like just betting and planning to bet again. I think that's the most profitable path forward what do you think yep yeah i agree he bets half pot 7.5 million to 15.3 seems fine i don't think don johan can do anything but call with queen jack on this board right like there's just no other option yeah it's it's absurd to do anything but call that's what he does so no complaints yet but we'll get to the complaints oh we'll get to the complaints (laughs) cool So there's now 
$30.3 million in the pot, and Drupalucker has $67.5 million remaining. The river is the king of clubs. It's definitely not your favorite card if you're Drupalucker with the set of aces. It brings Jack-10 as a straight, which is unlikely because the flop was not bet. It also brings in a potential flush, which is also unlikely because the flop was not bet. Right. But there, there are now multiple hands that beat you. To be, to be clear, like it's, it's more likely that it's a flush than the straight, right? Because you figure Jack-10 is going to bet the straight draw on the flop and not call the turn. Clubs yeah. sometimes will check the flop because there's only one club on the flop and the second club comes on the turn when he calls. So the club story is a better story, but neither is very strong because you think usually you're just going to bet your backdoor clubs on the flop unless you actually have the queen X of clubs in your hand. Well, right. that's the one, really, that yeah. makes the most sense is the queen X of clubs would probably right. play it exactly like this, right? Agreed, agreed. Just so happens that Don Johan does have the queen of clubs in his hand, but not the jack of clubs, just the jack of hearts. So should drop a lucker bet again here, try to get value out of something? I mean, you're really just trying to get value out of a queen at this point if you bet again. I mean, there's. I figure if, if our opponent has king, queen, he's going to bet anyway, right? If we check, so we don't yeah. have to worry about getting value out of that. Um, if our opponent has this beat, he's going to bet anyway, and we just get to call. Checking sounds pretty good to me. I figure we almost always have the best hand. If our opponent's got a strong hand, he's going to bet anyway. Uh, I don't know. Like Queen 10 hates this card. You know, Queen 9 hates this card. May fold if we bet anyway. I think we should check. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? Hope for some sort of random bluff to happen maybe some of the time. Yeah, yeah, or like, or hope he's just strong enough that he can bet and we can call and we just get to win the pot as if we had bet ourselves. Like, yeah, yeah, but but yeah, we capture some of the some weird bluffs once in a while, which it's hard to come up with any weird bluffs though, quite frankly, that he could have here. Like, uh, yeah, it's tough. Something with we need to turn like two sevens into a bluff or something like that. Decide not to bet the flop and turn it into a bluff or two tens into a bluff or like something like that. Turn king five or king four into a bluff where you like... Why would he do that? King yeah. five is good way too often, right? Yeah. Way too often. Also, king five and king four, are they really calling the turn with just a bad gutter, a wheel gutter on, two, on a two-club board with just king high? Maybe. I know. I was, just, I was reaching, trying to figure it out. I understand. I'm not saying it's easy. Queen four, queen five makes more sense, but... I don't even know if they're calling. Like, they, they may just fold if we bet, right? It's a terrible yeah. card for a queen. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so I think, I think you're right. You probably do have to check. Yeah. All right, so if you're Don Johan, you just tap in the virtual table and hoping everything's all right with your queen jack here. Again, the board is ace, deuce, queen, three, king with three clubs. I mean, I think we win enough of the time that we can check here. Uh, I'm a little worried that our opponent just rivered a king. I'll acknowledge yeah. that, where he could have had, like, King 10 or King Jack, bet his gutter on the turn, now, now rivered it and is planning on check calling, uh, and that sucks. But, like, how are we going to get him to fold anyway? His plan is to check call. He rivered a king. We check back the flop. We don't have that many aces. Like, we're not going to get King Jack to fold. I don't think we should try. Um, if our opponent's got, like, any of the other pairs, anything worse than us, our Jack plays as a, as a kicker anyway, I'm not sure if a queen's going to call us. A worse queen's going to call if we bet. I think it's a pretty clear check and take the money. Like, a lot of the time, and to lose, we lose. That's fine. What do you think? Well, Don, well, Don Johan is a, a big Robert Frost fan, so he's going to take <laughs> the road less traveled. Yeah, he is. And he's, gonna, he's actually going to find the third path. He's going to go all in 
which is 67.5 million effective into 30 million. And I got to say, my initial hit is I fucking love this play. I think this is really, really good. Yeah. Now, you love it because of what he's targeting, I assume, right? Because because of what he's targeting and because of the blocker that he has. He has the nut flush blocker. There's three things that are working for me with this play. Um, Number one, he has the nut blocker. That's always good to have on an unpaired board when you have the nut flush blocker. Yeah. Number two. Drupalucker almost never has a flush. He would almost always bet the river. He has the lead in the hand, right? He's almost Agreed. always betting the river if he has a flush. Yes. Number three, we could absolutely have queen X of clubs and play it exactly like this. The story makes perfect sure. sense. And I love that he moves in because we don't want to get the side call from the King Jacks of the world. I mean, we also have a jack in our hand, so we actually block King Jack, which means we're often, if there's a king we're up against, it's more likely King 10, which is a slightly worse king. I probably probably the calling percentage is the same between those two, actually. It yeah. probably doesn't really matter. Um, but okay, it probably helps a tiny bit to have a jack in our hand. I mean, we're, even, we're giving suck. ourselves a chance to fold out even like reasonable aces, too. Like ace 10, ace 9. Oh, yeah. Like I, th- I think in a, I mean, if he knew he's up against a set, I can't imagine he would ever do this. I would never target a set or a super strong hand like that in this spot. But no. I think it seems pretty clear that we're up against usually a one pair hand that's medium strength at best. Um, our queen. Sometimes good, sometimes not. But this is the way to get a king to fold or even a bad ace to fold is doing this. So I don't yeah. hate it. I, I, and having the nut blocker makes it easier. I'm down with this play against that. I don't know if we need to bet this much, though. I think no, I like think one is... point, 110% of the pot is probably going to have almost the same amount of fold equity as my guess. Disagree. Disagree. I think this is the best play. I think this is the okay. best bet. Um, I think this maximizes fold equity in a way that 64 million doesn't even. Just that extra little bit because... We are at a 1K final table. These are yeah. not a bunch of crushers. These money jumps uh, fucking matter. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Put, put his whole stack to the test. It's way better. Okay. Yeah, you know what? That you've convinced me on completely. I agree with you. Like, There's a $52,000 jump right now, and there's another guy who's got a short stack next to him. It's only slight, he's got 31 blinds on his immediate left. Like, You can fold right now and still have like 24 blinds or something. Like You're really fine. You, you don't have to settle for what you have. You can still make at least 50K more. That's a really good point. Yes, you should put maximum financial pressure. I agree. Cool. I think cool. if this wasn't the situation, I think it was if we were three tables left and the money jumps were minuscule, um, I, would like a, I like a smaller bet, though. I think we still get a lot of fold equity at 110% of the pot or 120% of the pot. Yeah, we don't need just to like know. 40 million, probably similar fold equity if there's not a big money jump involved. I, agree. I, would, I would guess, but okay, but cool. But I agree with you completely that the money jumps are something we should be using to our advantage here. Unfortunately for Don Johan, he's not up against yeah. a one pair hand. Like he, he moved in to make sure that he wasn't only folding out kings, but also aces, right? But not three yeah. aces. He wasn't thinking no. about three aces. Of course not. Are you guys ready? Audience, are you ready? Because I'm going to say a sentence and then Jonathan's going to react, okay? So, like, if you have your volume on pretty high, you might want to turn it down. No, it's okay. So, so Drupalucker with his set of aces folds quickly. Doesn't take much time and folds. I mean, what kind of astronaut motherfucking thinking is this? I mean, (laughs) how many times you've been to fucking Mars that you have to make this motherfucking fold? What in the god darn hell is happening right now? Um... Okay. See, I didn't yell, but I yelled before yeah. and I, yeah. I want to get, now I want to yell. Now I'm upset. Okay. Now, <laughs> okay. now that yeah. you've gotten yourself all, what the up, fuck go is going on? 
<laughs> what in the world is happening right now? All right. Let me tell you why I'm yelling. So it's obvious. Okay, yes, I understand. Jack 10 got there and clubs got there. Jack 10, very unlikely as a holding. Very, very, very unlikely. Almost never checking the flop. Almost never calling the turn, in my opinion. Uh, fine. But, but it gets there. Um, clubs are, queen jack of clubs, queen x of clubs is, is a reasonable holding for sure. And, and the thing that we lose to. That's the thing we yeah. mostly lose to, I think, when we lose. What about everything else? Like, first of all, it's hard to come up with bluffs. I'll, I'll acknowledge this, which is one reason to consider folding. But I, mean, I can come up with what? Not, the nut blocker. You could, you could think the nut blocker is a bluff. Like, right. Queen, like queen, queen X of, with the... It's queen 10, queen X, queen, queen jack, queen 9, basically with the queen of clubs, right? Maybe queen 8. Yeah, you, queen like you mostly don't think you're winning with a queen with, against this line. I think you are... Wi- oh, oh. If you're the button, if you're Dr- yeah. if you're Don Johan, uh, I think I'm not sure. The guy just went check check. He bet once and then he checked again. I think a queen is good enough of the time that like a queen doesn't have to turn into a bluff here. Although we thought I, we thought also a king is a very very king jack king ten is a very clear holding for yeah. our opponent, admittedly, and we can get an ace to fold too. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So okay, so there's the bluff. There are some bluffs that make sense, like we came up with. You're right. Yeah. Um, Here's the other thing, though, which, makes, which is the thing that makes me want to yell the most. One of the things I always ask myself when someone makes a big bet and I've got a very strong hand or raise or something like that on the river is, can I beat value? Like, okay, obviously I can beat bluffs. Can I beat value? What value can I beat? This is a spot where I think there's clear value we can beat here. I don't care that Jack-10 and clubs got there. As you said, it's hard to imagine Druppa Lucker ever has clubs or really ever even has Jack-10 here and it's going to play it like this. It's really hard to imagine. Yeah. Um, or 4-5. I just think all those hands are betting the river because they're so afraid of it going check-check against a medium-strength hand, right? Like, yep. don't they want to bet here? I think they mostly do. Um, I guess you could argue 4-5 and aces are one pip away from each other. Maybe 4-5 is checking. Is Jack-10 really checking? Seems unlikely. Um, now we lose to Jack 10 anyway, so maybe that's not a good example. Uh, sorry, sorry. I got confused about who had Jack 10 here. I was talking about, uh, drop a luck or having Jack 10. I think Jack 10 is usually betting. Yeah. Um, so as Don Johan, we might, if we had a set of Kings, which, which I think we reason. would play exactly like this. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like if we had King Queen, so that's the worst hand I think we can have here for value. But I think King Queen is a reasonable value play here, trying to get heroed. Now you'd only do it against an opponent who you know is capable of heroing in this spot, right? But that's like the one where you're really going for it and you're making a super leveling play. But like I would think if I was in Don Johan's spot and I had King Queen based on this line, King Queen is good. And I want to, the only question is, how do I get max value? Do I bet small or do I bet crazy big and try and get the guy to hero me? You could make a case either way, and it depends on your dynamic and history and all these other things. But I think king-queen's in play here. I think all the sets are in play, especially pocket kings. I don't understand. If I can come up with real reasonable value, obviously kings is reasonable value. How in the world am I not calling when I'm at the, when I'm at the top of my fucking range? Okay, your turn. So you're upset? So you're, you're a little bit upset? Why don't you fucking take two trips around fucking Jupiter and call me in the morning, you son of a bitch? Not you, <laughs> the, the guy. So I think uh, the thing that you usually get the most mad about, which you, didn't, you only briefly touched on at the end there, is that yeah. this might literally be the best hand that you ever show up with if your Drupal yeah. is set of aces. Maybe 4-5. So maybe 4-5, but maybe, maybe you bet that anyway on the river. Unclear. 
Unclear, they play the same, whatever. really. It's really, really high in your distribution of hands yeah. that you would check, check, flop, bet, turn, check, river. It's definitely one of the top three hands that you would do that with. For sure. And you have a lot of queens, kings, and aces that are way worse in this hand. Combinatorially, mountainous compared to our molehill over here of, of <laughs> strong value. That, that's really the argument. Like, you have to call with something, no matter what the situation is. You have to call with something unless you have the most obvious opponent in the world. Right. Clearly, right. Which, Don Johan is not that guy because he has a bluff. So right. you, if you have to call with something, this is a really good hand to do it with. You have a set of aces. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> that is really good. Also, by the way, we're talking about uh, distribution and range here. I'm not even sure that Drepalucka has all the four fives here. I understand it was basically a min-raise. I don't know if he's defending 4-5 off when he's got 27 blinds and there's a 31-blind stack yeah, in this he spot. Might not be. It's not guaranteed. So he may even have less straights than we're thinking. Yeah, he might. Even if he plays him this way. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is just too easy to exploit. This fold just is, is an exploitable play. I actually really like the move by Don Johan. I think you came around to really liking the move by Don Johan as well. Yeah, I did. And I, I don't like the fold by Drepalucker at all. I know, I know it's scary. I know sometimes you lose. That sucks. It's not like there's a four blind stack sitting there either. It's not like exactly. there's any easy laddering opportunities. And of course, just like with most poker tournaments, the real meat and potatoes is yet to come as far as the money jumps. Like the next money jump is nice, but you really should be going for that top spot. You really should at this point, which is 356K. Current payout is uh, 130K. It's a, it's a 50K jump, which is really nice. But 356K is a big deal compared to 180K, which is third place, which is like what you're trying to ladder up to. I mean, you have the least amount of chips of the four players. Now, not by a lot, but you have the least amount of chips. The other guy has 31 blinds. It isn't like, as you're saying, he also has a two. If you both had two blind stacks, maybe you could be like, well, the big blind's coming around and blah, blah, blah. And the 50K is life-changing for me. Maybe you could make some crazy, although if you had two blinds left, you should always call it top set anyway. But I mean, it's um, it's hard to find a situation where the 50K is life-changing for you once you've already locked up 130K. Like 130K does nothing for me and 180K does everything for me. They they got my grandmother and they're going to kill her unless I pay him 180K, you know? I don't know. That's You're right. It's basically, there's... This feels like a fear-based fold, you know, instead of like uh, you have to you have just sometimes you have to freaking take a deep breath and click the call button. And this is just one of those times. Uh, we're also up against a relatively wide range here. I understand he opened the button anyway. We're four-handed. I mean, it's not like it's under the gun who opened or, you know, plus two where we can be like, well, there's a lot of hands he doesn't have here. Right now, admittedly, we're up against all the suited queens of clubs, right? Not just queen yeah. jack or queen ten. It's, yeah, it's yeah. every suited queen, unlike a open, early position open where it might be literally just queen jack of clubs and maybe queen ten of clubs. Yeah. Um, that's true. But of course, that means there's all the other queens that are going to be involved here, too, that are just the queen of clubs. And maybe he's just taking a shot anyway. You know, and maybe he doesn't even have to have the nut blocker when he bets this much sometimes because we basically have said we don't have it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. And it is possible that Drupalucker, I mean, sorry, Don Johan is doing this with any made queen flush. And he's also doing this with any queen of clubs, which yep. would be three times the combos of, of any just made queen. Well, flush, so I don't think he's opening, you know, queen, queen deuce off and queen five off necessarily. But okay. he's opening queen five suit. So it's so, like 2.2 2 times. It's like 2.2 2 times like the combos. That, yeah. He's probably playing like queen eight plus off. Right. And he's playing queen X of clubs all yeah. the time. So even, but even if they're similar combos, 
by the way, if that means he has to have no air at all and no value that we can beat for us yep. to be able to uh, fold here. By the way, even then we're getting the right price to call because there's money. There's we're getting one and a half times the pot. You know. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's just like there's just no way we shouldn't be calling here, even though it sucks. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> like, you just it have sucks to when call someone makes sucks. a big bet. So yeah. did you look up how this ended up going, this tournament? I did. I did. You're going to be shocked to find out that Drupalucker finished fourth anyway. That's <laughs> the worst to fold that hand and still finish fourth, man. That is just like, geez. I mean, he would have been the, he would have been near the chip lead. Yeah. He might've won this thing. Daniel yeah. Han finished first for that $356,769 first place prize. Daniel Han, I say, ultimately earned it, but shouldn't have. Even though I like the play Don Johan made on the river also, I think it was good. But, like, that should never have worked in this spot. This is just no. one of those. I mean, I would be like, boy, I sure hope you have a set of kings or a bluff. Let's go. I call. You know, let's see what happens. Yep. It's just one of those deals. I will say this. A number of years ago, like, because we've been doing this freaking podcast now for, what, six years or something? Incredibly. Yeah, May, May 2014 is when we started, I believe. Wow. Really? Yeah. Six and a half years? Yeah. This is, this is, I can't believe we're still doing this podcast. I love doing it, but I, <laughs> I cannot know. believe we're still doing this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but um, there used to be a point when we would say regularly, like, people just don't bluff in these spots when they bet two times the pot, right? But we are yeah. well past those days, especially when you're playing online for, in a 1K online, which is still a big, big buy-in for online, right? Like, yeah. These, these kinds of and, and now the really good players absolutely are bluffing two times the pot. Like uh, just watching Doug Polk play Dan Negreanu right now, Polk regularly moves in for four to five times the pot on the river now uh, against Negreanu, and Negreanu almost never calls, so we never get to see what Polk has. But like it's become kind of a normal play for him, and it's just just what happens now. And so like it's not it's not this super specialized thing where it's like oh well he just always has it cuz this this level of bet means he always has it it's just not true anymore against the really good players conversely speaking of like how we used to talk about poker and how poker has changed we used to put a lot more weight and i think most of the poker community did on when you're when you're underrepped we've really like mm-hmm. uh we haven't really been talking about that as much recently like being underrepped making it a reason that you should call in this hand i think actually that is a great reason to call Yes. This is a, a spot where being underrepped with a set of aces is a great reason to call because the dude is targeting a much weaker range. Absolutely. Right. And so you're like, is it like, is it possible this guy just has some weird ass hand that he decided to make a play? Maybe he floated the turn once in a while with just a five or a four in his hand, you know, yeah. some weird float. And uh, now is making a play at me, you know, because it's I look, not cause impossible. I, Cause I, I look like I have at best like ace 10. Right, so. right. That's like, oh man, Ace Ten feels like that. Very much the top of my perceived range. Yeah, and somehow I've top set instead. Like, yeah. I mean, just being able to sit there and say, like, oh, he, and forget about beating all the bluffs, whatever. And I can think of bluffs. Like, I beat a set of kings, which would play this this way. I beat slow played sets on the flop and turn, which would play this way. I think. Like, I think a set of kings absolutely would bet two x the pot here for value. Sometimes, you know, yeah. especially if he's going to bluff this way, right? I think they would. So, yeah, this, this feels like, wow. Ad Astra, motherfuckers. <laughs> yes, Ad Astra to all of you. 
Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.